see you're not touching your boobies today. Breakfast time! Hurry up! My boobs? Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes talk about an anime movie for a while. I'm Bill. Uh, I'm Andy. My tear ducts love this movie. I'm Matt. Yeah, Matt, making me cry and shit this morning. It was way too early for tears. <laughs> oh. Is this a long form topic to talk about or what, what made you cry? I think we'll get there. We'll get I, I think so. Oh, well, Matt and I will reveal the, the moments in which both of us cried watching the movie Your Name, or I do believe it goes by the name Kimi no Nawa. Is oh. Correct. Kimi no Nawa. Uh-oh. <laughs> what, Bill? I watched the little Nas X video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. How did, how did uh, okay, give us like the 30-second pitch on, uh, on, on how that video went. Uh, it was... It was good. Great song. Huge banger. Uh, a little confusing sexually. Did, 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 it, did it make you think about things you never thought about, Bill? Yeah, but not in that way. Okay. okay. <laughs> I right. find that Lil Nas is good at that, in general. I definitely thought thoughts I never thought. It wasn't confusing sexuality thoughts. But I have definitely never thought, that dude is lap dancing on the devil. That... <laughs> <laughs> never? Per- perhaps there are fire poles to hell. <laughs> Sure, of course. Why would you call somebody by your your own name? That seems weird. <laughs> there were definitely questions. This has been our review of a little Nas X video, uh, Montero. Montero. Call me by uh, your name. <laughs> I have no From idea Bill. what it is. So, <laughs> really, it's actually a really good song. I'm not a huge pop music listener in general, but I, I dig that song a lot. Coop. Violet Orlandi did a uh, cover of it that was really good, and she even like. Switched all the gender pronouns in it so that it's still gay. Nice. I, I, I approve. Well, we are not here to talk about Little Nas X anymore. Maybe. We're maybe. Not? Oh, crap. It might, it might come <laughs> up. Um, we are talking about Your Name, the anime film from 2016. Uh, we are here for the summer viewing party, and it is... Woo! It is, it is, it is Matt's... It is... <laughs> thank you, Rick. Uh, it is, it is Matt's pick this time around for those of you who are not familiar who are newer to the show every summer ish we decide to yeah. record some episodes uh in between seasons where we talk about each of us get to bring something and it doesn't have to be anime if we don't want to but it can be anime we've done anime before but it could be anything that we want to have the other people watch and matt we gave the green light to go ahead and go first and he has chosen this film your name um, which looks like it is from Comix Wave Film Studios. It first aired in August 26th in 2016. It is a single one hour, 40 some minute movie. 
rated PG-13. It is scored an 8.86 on my anime list, which ranks it uh, number 22. 22? Which is pretty high up there, given everything anime. I suppose. And I also uh, saw in one of the explanation videos that it outgrossed Spirited Away. Yeah, uh, it it grossed uh, 41.44 billion yen, which is about 380.1 million American dollars worldwide, uh, breaking numerous box office records, including becoming the third highest grossing anime film of all time, adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. So this is a big deal. It is yeah. a big deal. The, the Makoto Shinkai has always been uh, known as a bit of a wonderkind. It shows in his work, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list of credits here, and I'm not seeing anything else that like has jumped out at something that I particularly know. Um, except I think I've heard of the place promised in our early early days. I think that one I've seen somewhere along the lines mm-hmm. uh, from 2004. Also involved with some uh, video games, uh, Ease Two Eternals, one that I know of, as well as different manga and such. But uh, yeah, this is this is a pretty fascinating. Pretty fascinating film, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Like right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, does yeah, anyone, I guess so. Any, How any do you want to background begin? Stuff? Background stuff on this film. Let's see here. Yes, is what? there anything we haven't covered that you think is worth mentioning, Matt? I mean, you did pick this. I did. Uh, let's see. This is Makoto Shinkai's fifth film. Okay. After the uh, not so well received Children Who Chase Lost Voices which I actually like quite a lot. And then Garden of Words, which I admit I haven't seen, and I need to. I've got an art book here. I'll be reading a little bit from it, okay? Perfect. Here is an article in it. A Fascination with Switching Places. The subtext of Tori Kaibaya. The classic work, Tori Kaibaya, Monogatari, is the, the, typo in here, <laughs> it is the the foundation of all other stories about switching places. Shinkai says he came into contact with a variety of Torakabaya stories in the course of making your name. Here we'll take a look at so- several other works on that theme. He uses references include Torakabaya Monogatari, also known as The Changelings, the manga Inside Marie, which I am collecting, the classic Ranma One Half. Which is slightly different, but still connected. Similar thematically. A story called The Safe Deposit Box from Oceanic and Other Stories by Greg Egan. Oh, okay. Who is an author. I think I have have some of Greg Egan's work around here somewhere. That sounds familiar to me. The the biggest thing about this film, obviously the, to give like a, kind of a short version of kind of like what this film is about, if like a, like a quick summary. You're going to try that, huh? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so two two characters find themselves intertwined by the red string of destiny. Yeah. Kind of like on a vash the vash the stampede kind of thing here. They end up uh, with the uncanny. I don't want to say ability, but like the uh, maybe even a curse, perhaps, uh, of constantly shifting back and forth between each other's bodies for some time, up until a cataclysmic event causes the connection between them to sever. And then the second half of the film turns into a sort of, why can't I find this person that I used to have all these communications with when I was traveling back and forth between the bodies? It is definitely a genre of 
anime or other media that I think has been done before, but this one definitely has its own twist to it. I will mention that this reminded me, number one, I'll, I'll mention when I first started watching this movie, I did not like it initially. Um, yeah. I thought it was extremely tropey. I thought we were like, oh God, here we go with the body swap thing. They're groping the breasts. This is going to be like really painful. That said, as we got further into it, I was reminded of David Levithan's, uh novel Every Day, which is something that I've taught before, which is a book about about you know similar teenaged main character who has spent their entire life traveling from body to body and has no body or existence themselves outside of their memories of what they've existed in other people. And I was getting pretty heavy vibes of that from this, um, mm. but obviously its own sort of take on that. And that's a, a text that I think is very, very well written uh, and, and tells a really interesting story um, about the idea of boundaries and res trying to respect like the people that you are um, inhabiting. And that's something that we see in this as well. Mm-hmm. So my initial thought was, I don't like this. And then as it started kind of going, I started to kind of get it a little bit more. And Bill, I'm kind of curious your general take about the about the overall plot idea here, kind of how you vibed with it. My first initial thought was uh, Freaky Friday. <laughs> also, also, uh, that's a paramount. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good reference. It's like not as highbrow, but uh, that was where I took it. Uh huh. Yeah, I did kind of worry it was going to be very uh, fan service the whole time. I'm glad that didn't stick around. Agreed. Other, other than for a, a running gag. The sister making the joke got my wife to laugh. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I Yeah, I, I did enjoy the constant opening the door, the younger sister being like, you fucking perf. <laughs> you really uh, like your boobs, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> So that was, I'm glad it just turned into a joke. They kind of threw me for a bit of a loop because early on, I think I even texted you. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be time travel. You're not wrong. Yeah, and then it was time yeah. travel. Yeah. It was different to see something with time travel that was so um, so closely connected to each other. Yes. You know, right. it, wasn't, it wasn't, it was far enough apart that it wasn't a period piece halfway through it. Yeah, and I like that. That's something a little different. Like they both they have cell phones still and they can communicate and and it totally makes sense. And it makes me want to go back through and see like are there subtle enough hints like the style of phone or something like difference between the two that like you can tell like that there there's a difference. If it was a modern movie uh that was doing that on purpose, you'd absolutely be able to see like it's an older model of, you know, it's an iPhone five or something that one character is using. Yeah. yeah. Which um, could just be they haven't picked up a new one. True. So it makes you or at least can't you wondering. can't afford it, whatever. Like at that one point later when she, when she uh, goes to Tokyo and she tries to call him and she can't do it. Cause that because that cell phone doesn't exist. He doesn't have that yeah. phone yet. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Matt jumping into kind of you next. Um, obviously you chose this and we, we know that you uh, enjoy a good story that involves the idea of either gender bending or, um, you know, things like, um, mm. you know, kind of shifting perspectives like that. Yeah. Um, General transformation stories. Yes. Yeah. You can Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. Anything yeah. between that and this really is my will in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So, um, so kind of explain a little bit of your thoughts on this sort of like general premise of the film and maybe elucidate a little bit about like why this one in particular of everything you could have chose for your summer viewing. 
naturally, this is one of my favorite subjects, so it's going to be hard for me to talk about. That's fair. <laughs> but, uh, I have always been into the idea. I generally, when I'm seeking new fiction, it involves this sort of storyline in some way or other. So this is far from the first time I've come across this sort of thing. I, I don't know where it began, really, but I super enjoy the someone getting a perspective different from what they're born into. Mm-hmm. And I like it when they discover new things about others and themselves. Yeah, good way to do that is suddenly find yourself tossed out of your own body and put in someone else's or have your own body altered in some extensive way. That is exactly what we get here. I knew from the get-go when I first heard about this movie that it was going to be one that I was going to love. And it totally is. I saw it in the theater four or five times. Wow. I've, I've, seen, wow, it maybe, yeah. I've seen it maybe 12 times since 2016. That's impressive. It's a touchstone for you. It is. It's it's beautiful in every way that I would want it to be. We've talked a little bit about the general overall plot. Um, let's spend a little bit of time talking about some of the characters. Um, we are Our two main characters are uh, Taki Tachibana, I do believe. Who is not a tasty chip snack. Is not. Bill, Bill had me rolling. <laughs> Pun intended. I almost had you, like, stop and get me some on the way over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before D&D today. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, Taki is our, is our main male protagonist, uh, who his timeline is taking place five, three years. Three years. Yep. Three years before After. Uh, our female protagonist's timeline. Our female protagonist is uh, Mitsuha Miyamizu? Miyamizu. Okay. Mm-hmm. That also sound also sounds tasty. I don't know what it <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like some sort of stew, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stew. Yes, she's the daughter of a shrine priestess uh, who passed away sometime before the uh, story begins, and she lives with her grandmother, who still runs the shrine, and she's involved in some of the uh, traditional ceremonies and or that they perform around there. Kind of embarrassed by it a little bit, being it being you know the the older of the sisters. Yeah, having to do the ceremony of the rice spit wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She definitely uh, like that particular scene when she kind of like freaks out and you know like, kind of wants a different life, right? And didn't she, doesn't she say yeah. something along the lines of like, "I wish I were a cute boy living in yeah. Tokyo." Make me a handsome boy in Tokyo in my le- next life. <laughs> yes, I. You know, I kind of wasn't paying a lot of attention, not paying, not paying a lot of attention. I kind of drifted a minute. So when I just saw like water hitting and then the girls were like, hey, you know, she's doing that in public. I was like, what did she do? <laughs> is, is she peeing? What is happening? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's just that wine spit thing they're talking, that rice spit thing they're talking about. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. Shut up, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I thought it was a beautiful looking ceremony. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't have like raised an eyebrow from me. <laughs> I know people make alcohol that way. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's that's a that's a thing. All right. Um, Tell them the, they should offer it to the gods then. The version of it that I've heard. Well, I mean, I don't know personally know people that do it that way, but oh, <laughs> I just mean I know of peoples that do that. Okay. Well, hey, that's cool. There was a. I think it was like the Mesoamerican cultures that would do that with corn, chew it up and spit it and then make like a fermented corn beer. I can see that. What do we think of these two characters in general? 
they're both fine. <laughs> I don't dislike them, but they are pretty straightforward protagonists. Yeah, they're pretty common character archetypes. Stuck somewhere, they w don't want to be wishing for more. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, they didn't wow me or anything. You, but... you could slip a Disney song in here somewhere. You could, yes. I think they're they're left generic enough that I think the audience can kind of imagine themselves within the shoes of, of these characters. Yeah. They're a pair of pants. They are. And that's one of those things like I get, like I understand like the, the, the novelty of doing that for this particular film. But also I, I did kind of want them to be a little more developed, but you know, I get it. I get where they're going for. Yeah, I mean you can you got two types of people, right? You got your city folk and your country folk. Yeah, kind of leaning on our stereotyping and expectations of those two styles of living, I suppose. Yeah. I'm just a simple country space chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy both characters. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with either one of them. Were there any uh, supporting characters that stood out that you really particularly liked? Because sometimes the supporting characters are, are oftentimes so much more fun in these types of things. For me, almost always, there's a supporting character I like more. I mean, the little sister got the best lines. She did, yeah. She had a foul mouth. <laughs> she did. She was funny. <laughs> um, and on his side of things, the uh, the female co-worker that he was interested yeah, in. Yeah, I liked Miss, her. Miss Okudera. Yeah. yeah. She was generally, you know, supportive for him. And then uh, when she like, she's like, oh, I mean, I kind of had a crush too, but you don't seem that into it. <laughs> I will help you go find this girl. Yes. I, I really like that about that sort of like relationship where it was her, it, it was uh, Mitsuha who went in the body of, of Taki was like really like going after this relationship. And yeah. I always thought, I yeah. found it kind of funny. There was that scene where they're both like, we don't want to be in relationships yet. Uh, Mitsuha is absolutely into this coworker. And, and, and again, I, I kind of, I kind of, sense some like lgbtq plus like 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 tones here and i'm like i'm for it bring it on give me yep. more give me more gay in my in my my media that's what i was going to ask is was that was that that or what i mean surface level she just was trying to help the guy True. out yes yeah and it could be easily read that way i thought maybe it was me that was like well maybe the, maybe she's you know got the hots for her i got a little gay out of it okay could yeah. be there's a part in the movie where Mitsuha is in Taki's body, and she's hanging out with a couple of Taki's friends. You, I assume uh, you guys did the English version, right? I did the English yeah. version, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've seen the English version, but I stuck with the Japanese for this one. I might have to explain that little bit, little scene when he's first meeting the friends on the rooftop. Mitsuha, in Taki's body, introduces herself, himself, with the feminine version of I. Okay. Okay. And then she goes, changes it up from, it's a Watashi, I, adult, feminine. Mm -hmm. Watashi, feminine, not adult. Not adult. Yeah. It's a, like a young adult then, child. Yeah. Young adult. Young adult. Young adult female. And then goes to Boku, which is young adult male. And then Ore, which is adult male version of I. That makes more sense than the, the way they did that in the American dub. Because there was yeah. like a really awkward sort of like... I get what they were trying to do with the pronouns, and I think I was kind of picking up on, like, there has to be something with, like, the language that I'm not getting. Yeah, it, it just, it doesn't translate. I mean, it translated the best it probably was going to. It just seemed really clunky. Yeah, like they, was talk like they were talking about themselves in yeah. the third person for some reason. Right. 
Yeah. Fair fair enough assessment. Well, and she but, was like the you know, a guy or a girl like I mean a gal. Oh yeah, not that either. <laughs> it was like it was kind of clunky. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh the reason I brought it up though is because the next time they're on the rooftop with Taki and Taki's body, uh what's his name says that he thought Taki was kind of cute the way he was acting. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes, and they do say that in the English dub as well, yeah. The English dub. So that character right there, I'm thinking Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably a a fair assessment of that character. <laughs> and I, I even like how the uh, the other friend is kind of like, what? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Which I'm going to assume is just him being a little surprised and not being against the idea or anything. Yeah, I I think you certainly can be just uh, surprised without being yeah upset. Yeah. I mean, the granny, the, the dad. The, the granny. Yeah. Both dads, really. Both dads were shit asses yeah they were terrible oh yeah there's the uh there's like the the friends of her that like end up surviving by the end Mm -hmm. which we'll get to in a minute like we'll talk about like the whole twist of the story and where it kind of goes what the twist i think everything's cast fairly well it's just you know it's more about the story i think it is than it is about like the individual characters in a lot of ways yeah it it is but yeah i i do like i think i do like every Almost every uh, external character that we get. Uh, especially more invested than I would have thought I'd be in uh, Tessie and Sayaka. Or Tessie yeah. and Saya. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the dads, obviously. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sucky dad, definitely. Got some, gen- got some, got some gendo going on there. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, right. I forgot about Tessie's uh, father, who's a bit of a rough kind of guy. We go on... Plot-wise, this happens for a while until suddenly they no longer start swapping bodies. Uh, And this is where they start to try to figure out, like, what is the reason for it. And we find out that our main character, uh, Taki, takes some friends or is joined by some friends, some co-workers, and goes over to... One of which being the the girl that... Yes. The girl initially dating. Yes. And then another guy. And they they go to try to find her. Uh, but all they find in the big plot twist is the school, but the school has been destroyed. The landscape has been ravaged. They come to find out that three years ago, there was a meteor that landed and killed 500 people in this town. They even go as far as to go to a library and look up the names of the people. There he finds her amongst those who are killed. I had a little bit of an issue with this scene. Okay. In a, in a country as big as America, if a meteor landed on a town and killed 500 people and wiped that town out, we would not forget about it three years later. We we just wouldn't. Yes, correct. Yeah. You know, so there'd be somebody on right-wing radio screaming about it, that the Democrats did it to mm-hmm. this day. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. This is true. Taki had other things going on. <laughs> if he'd bothered to ask anybody about it, they would have said something, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah, probably. It just, it was a little bit of a straining of the world they created. Okay, I understand. I kind of sometimes feel the same way when uh, when he reveals that he's got the braided cord wrapped under his wrist. To Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. Since, since we didn't, I don't think we saw it at any time before that point. Well, we know 
that like the opening scene we see like them on the on the subway and her throwing out the red sting red string of destiny rip or whatever mm-hmm. to him and, yeah. and he grabs hold of it. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess it kind of ties back, but it was a little sloppy, I suppose. Did I miss something with this red string of destiny thing you keep saying? Cause... It's a it's a dragon reference. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But I just want to make sure that wasn't like. Well, like their 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 fates are connected. Yeah, but it was literally just a hair tie. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's yeah. a li- there's a it, literal thing tying them together. Like until like they both a, grabbed onto it. There's a symbolic moment at the beginning of the film where they both are are are, are to get attached together, and then a- after that moment, their their fates are kind of like you know intertwined. Right, but I just didn't know it was supposed to be a magic string. It's not. No. <laughs> I'm just being. I'm just being weird. Just, just okay. There for... That's that's what I'm looking for you okay. doing. It's <laughs> just there for the metaphor. I'm here for the metaphor. That's no. As a metaphor, I understand. I just want to make sure it wasn't more than a metaphor. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think it's any metaphor okay. about it. Oh, let's be honest. Uh, they talk about their local god, and I think there might be some god shenanigans going on in the background, but they don't bother to bring it any attention to it if it is there. But it could be there. Do they ever give us a real explanation of like why these two were that is why this happened at all in general? No. Okay, no, I didn't think so. Not. I didn't think that we got anything like ever spelled out. Or if they did, I haven't managed to catch it in all my times watching the movie. What was the movie that there was two guys that were peeing in the same fountain and they swapped bodies? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-mm. Pee swapping. Okay. They cross streams oh, no, and then they cross. So. They cross. Yeah. Like, okay. Cross I don't know the that. Streams. I don't know this film. Uh. Oh yeah, it was Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. It was called the Switch Up or no, the Change Up. Oh. Okay. 2011 movie. That must have been something my wife made me watch. That is not something I've ever heard of. Wow. Okay. That's new on me, dude. Dave is a married man with three kids and a loving wife, and Mitch is a single man. Who is the prime of his sexual life? Oh. One fateful night while Mitch and Dave are peeing in a fountain, lightning strikes and they switch bodies. Okay. <laughs> Jason Bateman and Brian Reynolds. That sounds like a movie that would star those two at that point in their careers. Oh my god. I mean, I love both those actors. Yes. Maybe that's why I watched it. Well, moving, <laughs> o- moving away from that, the big thing, the second half of the movie is them trying to find one another, them losing the memories of one another. Yes. Having enough left that they're going to try to hatch a plan to save the entire town, which brought me right into like all these like discussions of the thing, all the things going on in Marvel with like multiverses and right. the idea of destiny and fate. You know what it actually made me think of? What's that? What? I guess this is just going to be a list of things this movie made me think of. Apparently. Okay, that's fine. That's all right. That's valid. It made me think of Donnie Darko. Oh, okay, yeah. That it really Fuck had yeah. some, some vibes there of like time travel weirdness and the characters actually dead and moving into the future to uh-huh. try to save their own life. And uh-huh. oh, I want to watch that again. I've only seen that movie like ten times. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, that's, yeah, it, it that's really well, that's good comparison. Great. Yeah, it, it's anime Dine Darko. They, I, I, yeah. So it's like they they try to like stop, and of course, like they're not able to, but they do manage to apparently at least change the outcome for three of the characters who managed to somehow get out of their death. Even though like the last times we see them, it doesn't seem like they're far away enough. Oh, enough from the blast, but there is an unknown really amount of time between 
when we assume Mitzvah convinces her father to evacuate everyone and the meteor actually striking. They don't stop, like, the, all these people from dying, right? Because, like, their plan fails. No, it succeeded. I didn't get that vibe at all. I did not get that vibe that it succeeded at all. No, it did. All the people who died got a, every well, the entire town, the, the town did get evacuated to up to the school area. That's what I thought. Oh, really? I, I must have missed something. Yeah, I'm afraid it's in the flash of news articles, they say they say that nobody died. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I missed that then, because I was like, well, this was shitty. They, they didn't change anything, I guess. Yeah, that would have made it more. That was, okay. Be so rough. You, you saw a more tragic version of the movie than we did. Then. I apparently yeah. did, because I'm like so confused. I'm like, how did they survive? That makes more sense. Shinkai did something similar to that sort of shit. When, and I don't know, I forget which movie it was, but like two characters, you fall in love and time, timey wimey weird stuff. And then at the end, they pass each other on a bridge, like I think is the same bridge that we see near the end of this movie, and they don't connect again. Oh. Which, which, my dad saw that one, and every time I bring up this movie, he thinks that's that happened in this movie. <laughs> okay, so that changes the film a little bit for me then. Okay, good. Yeah, I okay. thought it was ultimately a happy ending. Yeah. It was. Um, they do and, end up forgetting each other, like, ultimately yeah. after it takes place, though. Yeah, it's true there. Yeah. Then, and then we get the sad ending where I cry. <laughs> Although Taki remembers snippets of uh, Itomori and things, but he doesn't know why he was yeah, it's interested. Like, it's like hollow memories. Yes. I, I guess I thought the end of it was they still, like, turned around and looked at each other and, like, started talking. They did. So, I mean, just because they don't have perfect recall. Total recall? Doesn't, yes, just because they don't have total recall doesn't mean that they don't fall in love anyway. It's it's like they have to start over almost. Yeah. Yeah. But they but they have that that basis to get them started. Exactly. They they have a connection anyway. They've I forget how long it was, but they apparently spent years basically waking up and crying for reasons they didn't know. Yeah, it so was they're... like so when they saw each other it really was like a lightning bolt sudden connection that made them suddenly get off the trains they were on and run out to try and find each other. Yeah, so it was okay. It was. It turned out okay for them. Yeah. Maybe that's why you cried and I didn't. Because <laughs> you you assumed the worst of every I situation. Assumed, I, assume, I assumed they, like, like I, I, I was confused by the end. They, they died. I, I, I assumed I was the one that was going to be confused. I was also doing my lesson planning while watching this, so I probably <laughs> I probably just, just happened for, to miss it. For shame. I, uh, I, had to, I had to multitask a lot today oh, yeah. <laughs> to be able to get through everything I need to get through. I'm not going to uh, put either of you down for this. Like I said, I've seen this movie a lot. <laughs> That's fair. Your 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 understanding of it is is uh, <laughs> widely influenced by that. <clears throat> so yeah, it does have an happy, a happy ending. I, I guess. Is there anything else about the film that either of you want to talk about or mention that we have not discussed thus far? I think that was pretty much my my thought process there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt, anything else you want to bring up about the film? Would you rather live in Itomori or Tokyo? I don't like big cities generally. I agree I don't like big cities generally, but I feel like Tokyo probably has a... Everything I've, I've never been, I don't know, but everything I've ever seen seems like Tokyo is really organized yeah. and polite. And right. I think that if I had to live in a big city, Tokyo would not... Do I, well, I guess it doesn't matter. If I, I was say If I had to live in a big city, Tokyo wouldn't be the worst choice in the world. Especially if I spoke Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask if in his mindset I get, I get to speak Japanese in Tokyo, but I guess I'd be the same in either city. Right. <laughs> sure. 
In which case, if I don't know how to speak Japanese, Tokyo is probably an easier place to be. There's more people that know English. Yeah, yeah definitely would. True. But Tokyo. Yeah, I think Tokyo with I, I I would be close enough to be able to drive out to the country or or take a train out, I should say, to the country or whatever, and enjoy the beauty of that of that place. It's 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 gorgeous. It was not a long trip for Mitsuha to get from Itamori to Tokyo. Yeah, she said she'd be back later that night. They did it on bicycle at one point. So I'd probably say I'd probably say Tokyo. Yeah, I agree. I'm unsure because I do love lush greenery. Yeah, you're surrounded by it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am, aren't I? Yes, you are. Green screen closet, folks. It is a movie that did time travel well. I agree. Okay, good. The time travel is something that drives me nuts in certain things. This one did not. They only changed bodies. They didn't change physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that happened... It was a closed loop system where everything they did is what they already had done. So they couldn't they couldn't mess up. Well, I guess they did because they changed the final outcome of it. Yeah. But like they had already met each other and on the train and there was no paradox. Yeah. Yeah. I that is, it's an overplayed idea. Yes. I think I have a thing for time traveling romances. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Outlander show. Futurama. Futurama, yeah. This movie. Time after time after time, uh, quantum leap, quantum leap. Yeah, had a few romantic things. I don't think that's true. <laughs> You're uh, Leaf Scott uh, Bakula out of this bill. You will not. You will. He was sa- getting all kinds of romances. Sam he and Al, though. Sam and Al, more than friends. There you right. go. Oh, I thought maybe Al was watching. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He's like, take video of this, Ziggy. <laughs> I mean, he was watching the entire time almost, so. <laughs> It'd be weird if Sam was just, like, taking his dick out every couple of... <laughs> oh, fuck. A sex parody of Quantum Leap would probably make a lot of money. Probably. It's, Bill, it's out there. You know it is. We don't have to Google yeah. it. It's out there. You know what? It probably is. It'd probably make a lot of money. Yeah. Probably did make a lot of probably money. Probably did make a lot of money. Huh. Briefly, to go back to the uh, running gag about the boobs. <laughs> Please do. Uh, in the end, it turns out to have really important meaning for Taki. To to us, it can seem like mostly just a pervy action. But from Ta- Taki's perspective, he thought she was... They formed a relationship of sorts... Uh, one that was more important than he really anticipated. Then he found out that she had had died, and they were never going to switch again, he thought. Then suddenly it happens, and he sees the very first... He's back. The very first thing he saw when this whole mess started, he was just just so happy that she was... Mm -hmm. That they were connected again. The little sister's like, she's finally cracked. I'm done. I'm I'm going to go to school myself. She's lost it. It's... It's... Not so much the fact that he was touching her breasts, but that he was finally finally being able to physically interact with her mm-hmm. again. Yeah. That meant so much to him. Yeah, I get that. And, of course, the capper is the sister thinking <laughs> that her older sister had lost her mind completely. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely also welling up, welling up at this the same time that uh, Ta- Taki in Mitsuha's body... Once again, is it was the end, the very end that got me uh, with some tears, like right at the end, just the the like, oh my god, they're finally 
they're gonna finally be together. I thought it was a sweet ending. I I've seen it often enough that and I enjoy it enough that even when it's so if something something happens that relates to something happening later, I'll start choking up just thinking about what's coming later. I am kind of the stereotypical dude with like broken emotions. You're right. So <laughs> I I didn't have a moment of like emotion or feeling at all. Like classic example, when like the dude had a in the This Is Us, the guy had a heart attack at Christmas and fell through the table. I laughed so hard my wife wouldn't watch the show with me anymore. <laughs> okay. I'm probably not the perfect audience to say whether this gets you in the feels or not. I, w- I was going to make that joke, but I held on. <laughs> well, regardless of feels or not, let's talk about kind of what we would give this uh, movie as far as a grade. Uh, kind of like what we would do at the end of a season. Uh, I'd probably give this a solid B+. I think that minus some of the character development stuff that we would get in a uh, maybe a little bit more of in, in certain things like Studio Ghibli uh, films, I think it's it still has a, a sweet, resonant story and uh, does kind of the storytelling well. So I'd give it like a B+, probably. It's a solid A for me. Let me tell you, it stands up to repeat viewing because... For at least five viewings, I kept noticing new things. And I think I noticed I noticed something new this time, too. It almost requires repeated viewing, I'd imagine. Yeah. Especially for Andy. Hey, I tried my best. I was working. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, why, did Mizu, why did she cut her hair suddenly? I don't know. I, I was getting the sense that, like, she wanted to be more masculine to be... Kind of like, or maybe even make her body more comfortable for him. Interesting. But, uh, no, it was because she... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, but you're fucking wrong. <laughs> no. it, it was Fuck because <laughs> it was because she just gotten back from Tokyo and she gave her braided hair cord to Taki. Oh. Oh. And had no more hair to, to use it on, so. And it was uh, traumatic when she did it. So not only did she get rid of her braid she, or the the cord for using her on her hair, but she didn't even want the hair there. Yeah, like he didn't know her. Yeah, and she was all rejected by it. Why do guys always assume cutting the hair is because of a breakup? <laughs> What's her name says? Uh, <laughs> Saya says at one point. <laughs> I, I kind of was. Bill, tell us your grade for this particular film. I don't know if I liked it enough to watch it again to to pick up you know strip out those elements it was a romance movie that i didn't hate you know it had stuff going on it was it did time travel well like i said it didn't at no point did i anything that happened make me start to unravel my brain do you think it was it could have been a a picture your whole family might have enjoyed yeah probably um i was going to watch it with my wife but then she does what she does and wandered off <laughs> i mean certainly there was nothing graphic enough in it that you wouldn't want somebody younger to see it. Does anybody have thoughts on how uh, there, this one scene where uh, Mitsuha has left a message for Taki, like, why am I getting love letters from other girls now? <laughs> <laughs> Good little bit of humor. I like it. I like that whole uh, montage they do Yeah, there. me too. Yes. I liked it a lot, too. I kind of I kind of missed it at first and had to kind of go back and figure it out because it was... I was like, wait, who said that to who? What, what body? But 
but yeah, I, I caught on that basically he was so charming that he was charming other women mm-hmm. as her. <laughs> or, or he was just straight up hitting on them and it worked. Also possible. Yeah, it wasn't covered in the light novel uh, side story that, I, that I, I've read. Or the manga, I don't think. I will mention, just for your own curiosity... It is ranked number 22 on my anime list, as I mentioned earlier, which as I look through 21 through 1, there are a lot of really interesting titles, but also not a lot I've really particularly seen myself. And others that we have talked about in the past, there's not really much that is, if anything, that's past it. So, like, I don't see Trigon, I don't see... uh, I don't see Gurren Lagan. The only things that I, I I recognize higher than it would be Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood at number one, mm. uh, Steins Gate at four, uh, Gintama at six, and a bunch of other Gintama stuff afterwards. Hunter Hunter at nine, Fruits Basket at ten. Well, a lot of Gintama. I've not. I know the name, but I don't know much about it. Uh, Clanad, another story at sixteen. Code Geass, uh, one of the, the 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 series of that at nineteen. Not nothing that I think I, of when I think of anime, aside from Full Metal Alchemist, and maybe Hunter Hunter uh, uh-huh. above it. So this is a pretty high ranked show. I wouldn't I wouldn't compare it to TV shows in any case. Well, uh, two yeah, below it is Monster. By the way, Monster is number twenty four. Oh, now my soul's being torn apart. <laughs> <laughs> so this is. Objectively, the best thing we've watched. Objectively, yes. This, according to my yes. anime list, at least. Okay. Ooh, heck, maybe according to me too. Cowboy Bebop at thirty-seven. What is number one? You said. Uh, full me- uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I can understand. It is actually very good. It is. I haven't watched it all. I've read the manga, and the manga follows it. I haven't read all the manga either, but I did. What I did read of the manga, I liked. I saw on Netflix the other day that there's like a live-action, translated Full Metal Alchemist movie that yes. is on now yes and i laughed <laughs> i've seen it oh have you yeah it's uh well i it, i don't know if it's newer or not but i watched a live action version years back with ray ray and i watched it was it awful it was not great but it wasn't bad because this thing looked awful okay fair enough uh all right i think that might do it for us for this i episode. wish i could i wish i had more to talk about with that's it. okay it's... do Let's keep it under an hour. Easier to edit for, for future me. We will be back with our next episode, another edition of our summer viewing program, and uh, it's going to be Bill's. <laughs> Bill, what are, we, what are we watching for next time? Finally, we're going to get down to it, and we're going to do Letterkenny. Finally, going to watch some Letterkenny. Uh, we'll be talking about season one, probably in particular, um, if I get on a roll, maybe I'll watch more. We'll see. We'll see. I would advise watching a little more because obviously season one of any show is kind of, they're finding their footing. Well, we'll watch some Letter Kenny and the three of us will, will wax poetic <laughs> about those weirdos from Canada. <laughs> it's not quite anime, Matt. This, well, welcome, Matt. This is, this is what we do with summer viewing. Sometimes we bring things like this. Sometimes we bring things like the newsroom. So, so Okay, sometimes. Shinkai's movie after this, mm-hmm. Weathering With You, there are clues that there is a Shinkai-verse going on. Oh! Huh. Interesting. And Weathering With You is also an excellent movie. 
I remember you saying something that the, there was a bridge in that that was kind of the bridge in this one. So that that makes sense. Makes sense. Also, like if it's set in real world too, like. Yeah. Well, that was what I, that's how I first took it was that it was just mm-hmm. yeah, an actual landmark the guy was fond of, but right. No, uh, it's a, I think it's a rather famous uh, landmark in Tokyo. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, but in any case, if uh, we don't, if you guys don't see it until then next summer, you can expect me to bring up weathering with you for a follow up. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Works for me. All right, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and call it a night. Uh, thank you so much both of you for hanging out tonight i really appreciate it yep yep thank you for spending some time talking about this lovely film that i love 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 bill take us out officially this has been tuning japanese a podcast where three dudes talk about one random stuff we want to because it's summer viewing and i'm bill i'm andy I don't think I'll be able to eat that third rice ball. I'm Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Jelly donut. And we will see you next time. Smoochies! He said it my way. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Patrons also have access to our brand new series, Tuning In, where we watch the first episode of an anime and give you our first impressions. Special thanks to Brian Nash, Matthew Van Diver, Dan Park, and Andrew Caswell. somewhere I thought so too can I ask you your name どこから寂しさを運んできたの泣いたりしたその後の空は